Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey app, youtube.com backslash... 1080 The Fan. If you missed the first hour of the show or any hours of the show, you can always catch it at the Service Patriots podcast section at 1080thefan.com. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And you can reach the show at the Vancouver Ford text line 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at vancouverford.com. We have a lot of football to get into. I got some national championship stuff I want to talk about. I do, too. I got some little stat nuggets for you. Uh, br- uh, Bruce Feldman did a piece where he talked to a coach. He talked to a bunch of coaches anonymously on their thoughts on Michigan and Washington. Some mm. interesting little takeaways from that I want to get to. Uh, but I want to start the uh, final hour of the radio program. We will spread the line at 830. Week 18. It's either backup quarterback battle or playoff positioning is usually what Week 18 is. Yes. We've got games that you think are duds. They're not duds. They matter. Uh, I know Rams-Niners sounds like they don't care. Maybe they don't. It's Wentz versus Darnold. Again, if the Rams lose, the Packers win. They finish tied. The Packers beat the Rams. Matchups could matter. Yeah, seeding changes where you're where you're going to the playoffs in that first round. That all changes. What is uh, we talked about a little about the Packers and Bears. The Packers are fighting for their playoff lives, and Chicago feels like they have found maybe their franchise quarterback in the last five weeks. What are some other games that have caught your eye that you're like kind of eyeing for the playoff positioning? I, I think the AFC South race, as bad as that conference is and as painful as some of those teams are to watch, I'm very interested in. Like Jacksonville going on the road to Tennessee, that's a game that we all look at and say, what, if Trevor Lawrence plays, 
Should win. Tennessee's not very good. I don't know about that anymore, man. Lawrence has not been very good. Uh, Beat hard was actually pretty good for him last week. He didn't do a whole lot because Carolina sucks. Yeah, they played the worst team in the league. But it might be Vrabel's last game. There's a report that Mike Vrabel and Tennessee could be breaking up here soon. Will Levis is feisty. I don't know. I don't know if that's a slam dunk for Jacksonville. And that's why I think it's interesting because I do think the, the average fan will look at it and just say, oh, yeah, they're going to win. Tennessee's 5-11 and 11 on the year. They're, they have nothing to play for other than pride. And usually in Week 18, that could that could spell bad things for you. Um, so that game does it for me. On the other side of it, you have the Texans and the Colts who will play the night before. So I have to wait and see how that game plays out. Another random one I'll throw at you just because I find their situation interesting, not just because of our location, Seattle going on the road to Arizona. Arizona sucks. They're one of the worst teams in the league. You, everybody knows if you listen to the show how I feel about Kyler Murray. Shouldn't have paid him. I don't think he's a franchise guy. He's back, and they're probably going to stick with him, even though they're going to have a top, what, four pick in the draft. What they do in the draft is interesting. But just Seattle being stuck in this middle-of-nowhere tier where they're not bad enough, they're not good enough. We all know they're not good enough, but if they might they might win and they might make the playoffs again. Nobody's going to pick them to win their playoff game. And so you're basically going to have back-to-back of the same years. So I almost wonder from some fans there, is it better to rip the Band-Aid off and lose this game now and be like, all right, get us out of the playoffs. Let's not repeat what we did yeah. to have this like, well, we made the playoffs. Let's bring everybody back next year. Geno should be our guy. Like At some point, you have to look in the mirror and face the hard truths. And they lost at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph last week. Now they're going on the road. Arizona, by the way, is coming off a win in Philly, so they've shown that they can do it. I don't know why, but that game is very interesting to me. Now, let me – you said something interesting there that you say rip the Band-Aid off, don't make the playoffs. Is it, Do you have intel that there's going to be a shakeup there? Because I, you could think there is. I haven't seen anything that says Carroll's job's in trouble, that Schneider's in trouble – I, I, it seems like even if they don't make it, they're all going to be back building this thing for next year, and I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I feel how I feel about Carroll. The organization probably doesn't agree with me. They also have Jody Allen as an owner, and she's not going to force anybody to do anything because I don't think she knows what the hell she's doing. Well, she also got sued for trying to do that. <laughs> okay, touche. Well played. I said that was a, that was an alley-oop and a dunk. You, yeah, you well gave done. that to me pretty good. I, I More so the Band-Aid part is you, like, you got to find a quarterback, and I've seen like our friend Brady Henderson at ESPN has been going on these numbers for Geno since week 13 and his QBR is amongst the best in the NFL. He missed a couple of games in that stretch, which I also find ironic. Like In the NFL, if you're not good enough everywhere else, which they clearly are not, their defense is not good, you have to be elite at that position. And Geno just isn't. And them not drafting a quarterback last year was an interesting decision. And I would hope if you lose this game, like you can't do that back-to-back years, can you? I'm not saying you'd mortgage everything to move into the top 10, but like at some point there has to be a plan in place for where do we go next? What's the next step after Geno? And right now they don't have an answer to that question. Yeah, but couldn't a bow or a Penix fall to him if they missed the playoffs? That's what I'm and they saying. Could, they could play it for one more season of, we'll do Geno. And look, I, I hear you. I don't necessarily disagree with your take. I have seen some foot, like real football X's and O's people. We're hoping for Brian Balding at 8 a.m. We'll let you know if that's going to happen. I have seen some people highlight, though, that it's not necessarily Geno here. That the well, of offensive course. line's been a little, yeah. eh. Um, it, it, maybe it's not Geno, but even so, you could still maybe have one of these quarterbacks because it seems to be a pretty deep draft for quarterbacks. If you miss the playoffs, fall to you. And you say, we're going to do the sit-you-year-one thing, let you learn. You could make a good argument. That might be exactly what Penix and Bo Nix need. Maybe Penix doesn't. Maybe Penix has separated himself now, and he's going to be ready day one NFL rookie guy. But if Bo is to fall a little bit just because there are other skill position players, 
you know, maybe Seattle's a spot that you go there, you sit for a year, you learn behind Geno. Geno sounds like a pretty good teammate. He helped Drew Locke when he was out, was encouraging him. Maybe that's a good spot for one of these young quarterbacks. It very well could, and I don't know. I'm just, again, grasping at straws. I don't know if losing this weekend or winning this weekend is going to change their thinking, right? Like, maybe if they win or lose, that's still their thought process. We need to go get a guy of the future. I'm not I'm not putting this all on Geno Smith. I think they should make an overhaul change at head coach as well, but they're probably not going to do that. I, like, he's 34 years old. Like, you're not going to be able to improve that much defensively to win with him. I, I don't know. I, you're just you're stuck in that tier where you don't want to be in the National Football League, and they're unless making a, a drastic change, nothing will change for them. And you look at their draft capital right now; they're fifteenth. If the draft was today, they'd be drafting fifteenth in the first round. Yeah, there's like five teams with them at eight and eight. That's a big swing. There's a ton of teams at seven and nine. So a loss this weekend, coupled with a few other wins, all of a sudden fifteen turns into twelve or eleven, and you can kind of go get the guy that you want. But in the you first know what round. they're playing for. They're you know playing, what they're playing I know, for. it's Pete, and they're going to try and win and go to the playoffs. And they're going to get bludgeoned by whoever they play in the first round. Uh, I was looking at some of the nervous fan bases going into a Week 18. Who's more nervous, Buffalo or Miami? I would say Buffalo. Really? Because Miami so. has to pay their quarterback this year. They do. And I'm not saying they won't pay him. They seem to really like Tua there. They got a lot of respect for Tua. Yeah. But when you give out these contracts, you know, it's a massive decision, franchise-changing decisions. It's If they lose this and they go into the playoffs as a road wildcard team after blowing that division lead, Got to be a little second guessing, is there not? How yeah. Naturally, how would there not be? Yeah, I think yeah, there has to be. And on the other side, Dirt, Buffalo. Imagine if Buffalo loses. They're running this hot streak. Oh, they figured it out. Joe Brady, better than Ken Dorsey. Yeah. And then you lose the division and maybe not even make the playoffs. Yeah, they would need some other dominoes to fall if they do lose to Miami to make the playoffs. I I just I think it's Buffalo because of what they've gone through the last couple of years and who their franchise quarterback is. Like I don't disagree with the Tua stuff. That's a that's a difficult decision to make. I don't know what he's gonna ask for in his contract. Like, do we think he's gonna get Burrow and Herbert money? Like you're not going that far, are you? Is he willing to take less than that? Do Does we have he... evidence that guys that are up for contracts <laughs> no, don't no, outdo don't. the next guy? Like, what's well, I would have to think about this. The quarterback that last didn't top the previous quarterback's contract and yeah. just said, I'll take this. I'm good with this. I don't need to beat that guy financially. I mean, you had the love deal, but that's a different ballgame because he had played. after uh, Watson's fully guaranteed contract? Well, like Lamar's isn't as guaranteed. I'm I taking think Watson num- out of this. Watson, okay. they, what He's, Cleveland yeah. did with Watson, the whole <laughs> league said, "What the hell did you just do?" Yeah, and oops, that turned out to be a bad deal. Yeah, so like, let's use Lamar as the breaking point. I mean, I would, I maybe this is unfair to Tua, but I, I would look at the deal that Daniel Jones got. Because they're kind of similar. You have Tua and Daniel Jones at the same level. I'm not saying that they're the same player. Tua is definitely better. But they were both guys who were kind of late bloomers, if you will, in their rookie contract. And they didn't, I don't think they command top dollar for that position. I am stunned to hear you go. Of all the players I thought you would name, <laughs> I did not register mentally Daniel Jones. Danny I, Dimes. I was looking at. I mean, I think we forget how, like, he had a decent year last year. They ran around a lot. He made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. He like threw 11 touchdowns. I know. I mean. I'm just saying they had they had some momentum. <laughs> like laughing like, oh, my God, that's so they bad They had hear. some momentum, and they needed to, like, they got the deal done. Uh, he's going to get more than Daniel Jones, but you were asking just a quarterback who signed a deal that was less than the top dollar, and I'm, I think you're looking at Jordan Love types and Daniel Jones types. Tua deserves more than both of them, but if you're Buffalo, man, 
Imagine telling you, imagine, imagine me looking you in the eye in August and telling you Buffalo's not going to make the playoffs. Not not win the division. Well, I have a take from August that actually is aging well <laughs> if they miss the playoffs. Like not make like you're firing your coach. You're questioning yes, Josh Allen. Like, that dome. Yeah, <laughs> you're changing you. every like it's it, yeah. You're questioning everything. Daniel Jones. We got to go, but Daniel Jones right now is the 11th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's lot two is slightly ahead of him. Who else is it? Who's in that like eight through seven through ten range? Well, Dak's going to be up soon. Yeah. He's next. So remember when he signed his, and then you had Stafford, then you have Josh Allen. And then it's Mahomes, yeah. Watson, Murray, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Lamar, Herbert, Burrow. Yeah. There is not a chance in hell Tua is going to slot himself behind all of those guys. He should, at minimum, be asking for more than Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson's about to get cut. I know he is. Jalen Hurts, I mean, I don't know what the Eagles are right now, and Jalen Hurts has been struggling. I don't know what Tua's going to get. It's a hard thing to read. But you're putting him pretty far down there, and I just I don't think that's realistic. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe he wants that kind of money, and then Miami's going to have to like answer Joe Burrow, a, Justin Herbert money. I wouldn't do it for Tua. I love Tua, and I'm rooting like hell for him. He's had a good year this year. He's a good quarterback. He's not deserving of being one of the top four guys in the NFL. Uh, are Cowboy fans nervous this weekend? <laughs> they shouldn't be. God, no, if you Cowboy lose that fans, game, Cowboy fans never nervous. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's true. They're going to win the Super Bowl, man. This is their year. <laughs> Swag, if you were still a Cowboy fan and your first round matchup in the wild card is the Rams, how are you feeling about that? Uh, I personally would be a little anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, I'm how are you not? I'm thinking about gambling them on, this, on them this weekend. Oh, the commanders have to lose that game. They have to lose. That's the thing. People think these games don't matter and like, oh, they're not trying. Like, uh, But the other team could be not trying more. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, they're on their way out. That's Taft. The comic, commies overhaul. need to move up the draft board. They're yes, tied. They and here's the funny thing. We can get to this coming up next. I can, but 13 and a half is a lot. Let, let's, let's roll <laughs> that over. That is a lot of points. That's a lot. That is a lot of points. <laughs> I want to roll over. I want some more Week 18 NFL stuff. And then we'll get to the college football stuff. There's a really good article on Bruce Feldman talking to coaches. Uh, examining Washington, Michigan. That game is on Monday. So with all that, we'll get more Week 18 stuff next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's almost 7.30. I still haven't had the coffee. The coffee shop is across the street. They won't answer the phone. They're not open yet? How are you not no. open yet? They're open. They just I, I was looking in the mirror or yeah. in the window, and they were not answering the phone. <laughs> just looking at your phone call, ignoring you? It's too early, man. I don't want to answer that call. I feel lost. I feel like my whole day is lost. It's a freaky Friday. It is a freaky Friday. Uh, we'll get to a little bit of a look ahead on the national championship game. There is a team that could win that title that would devastate dirt. And there's a team that can win the title because they're cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all lose. I, you know, I think you're going to lose, lose, and no I'm going to lose, go. and nobody's going to be happy about it. Hey, the Big Ten back on top, though, huh? Big dirt. B1G. Uh, a little more NFL stuff. I wanna, I'm want pretty excited, actually, about Week 18. I'm jacked, obviously, about Buffalo and Miami. Uh, we can get into that here in just a minute. This is reportedly going to be Belichick's last year. We one of our P1's Martin tweet to say, hey, Northwest uh, Titan fan here. And he says there's a rumor that trading Vrabel to New England. Oh. Uh, you know, one, once upon a time, Patriot coming back. It's not, you know, it, maybe it's over in Tennessee. He's been there for a long time. He's had success. But I don't know how Titan, because if I were a Titan fan, I don't want to speak for all of them. Oh, yeah. I would be looking at that saying, is the, is the, do we think Vrabel's the problem? He, he inherited Mariota. They mm-hmm. then brought in Tannehill. And now, I mean, they've just like he's never had a quarterback. He's not the GM. He I, might have a quarterback now. He, Levis yeah. has had some moments. Yeah. He's had some bad moments too. But yeah, I mean, I'm not there quite yet. It's pretty early on. Uh, I just I, I don't look at Tennessee and think you know what the problem is. Coach. Head coach. I've never done that with them. I like Vrabel. I do too. I do think his offense. I think he's real old school. The way his team he coaches his teams. The way his teams usually look. It's like we're going to run the football <laughs> three downs and punt and then kick your ass on defense. I mean, if you had Ryan Tannehill quarterback, I might be the same way. <laughs> Any guy willing to cut his uh, junk off to win a Super Bowl is good in my book. He's good in my book, yeah. man. Cut it off. But this might be Belichick's last game. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if we've not talked about that enough of just how this is all ending for him potentially. Maybe he'll just lose his GM stuff and he'll stay the coach. But there's a real intel here where he might lovey Smith them. And what I mean by that is, they're currently right now in control of their own destiny for the number two pick. Carolina traded it. Chicago's got it wrapped up for number one. There's a battle brewing, and New England's in that battle. The commies in the pats. But I can't really tell myself, Bill Belichick's last game in New England, he's willing to just lay down and lose to the Jets. Of all the teams to end and lose against, (laughs) I cannot fathom in my brain that the Jets are the team he's willing to do that with, nor any team, really. But it's fascinating to think about because they need a quarterback. Yeah. They're in a spot to be in, like, the spot, and their coach might want to send a final F you to everybody and go out on top and beat the team he hates the most in the Jets. <laughs> it would be really funny if that happened. It's would a it game not? we shouldn't care about and yet kind of does matter in some ways. It reminded me of a couple – remember Doug Peterson's last year in Philly? 
Yeah. It was Hertz's rookie year. They were playing him a little bit, but they had basically uh they they had nothing to play for. And I think they were playing the Giants, I want to say, in that final game of the season. And he was like rotating in and out quarterbacks. He took one of their better quarterbacks out of the game for the second half and basically threw the game. And everybody was livid. And I thought, why would you be livid? Like you're gonna fire this guy. He just gave you a better draft pick. Like nobody cares about a week 17 or week 18 game against the Giants. Five years later, you care about getting a better pick. If you're New England, the, the vastly more important thing is getting the number two overall pick in the draft so you can get likely Drake May. Like, that's your future. You're going to take that guy. You're gonna or rebuild. Caleb, depending or on what Caleb, Chicago does. If Chicago, yeah, exactly. Maybe Chicago trades the pick or they keep the pick and they want somebody else. Like, you have to lose this weekend. It's funny how uh, it might not happen, though, because Belichick, that's just not in his DNA. <laughs> he can't do it, man. He can't. He doesn't want to lose. I know he's been a big loser this year, but he doesn't want to go out losing to the Jets. No, I still think there's a lot of meat on that bone for him. Not a lot, but I still think there's something left for him. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. It sounds like the breakup's going to happen, to your point. Vrabel would be an interesting fit to bring him back to New England. I wonder if whatever they trade Belichick for, if they do trade him, like to Washington or one of these other teams. Don't you need the polar opposite of Belichick as a replacement? Doesn't the Patriot fan go, okay, wait, we did the defensive thing with Brady. We had all the success. The defensive thing didn't age well at the end. Yeah. Let's let's care a lot about the offense for a while. Could be. I mean, I know we just talked about Vrabel and how we like him, but he doesn't have a great track record offensively with quarterbacks. I don't think that's all on him. But to your point, if you're drafting one of these guys at number two or number three, you're probably going to want to build an elite offense around him. There's just there's um when you look around week 18, and a lot of the games don't matter. It's just you could go to so many teams. I mean, you mentioned the Seahawks. I don't know what the move is there. I don't know. You win, you try to get in the playoffs, be a wild card. You know you're not going to win your game. You're going to be out after the first game, but you get to brag that you were a playoff team. But what is next year? Like, they're one of many teams you kind of look at and go, I don't know. Uh, Maybe Antonio Pierce is the guy in Vegas. He also is the cheapest option for him. So maybe Mark Davis will just do that. He doesn't have a whole lot of money. One game that we know does matter, Dirt, Sunday Night Football. Bills at Dolphins for the AFC East. Cannot wait. What side are you leaning, though? I'm leaning. I mean, I might spray the line on this game. I'm leaning Buffalo. Why? See, that I makes don't know. me want to go to Miami because I'm also leaning Buffalo. Yeah. The injury to Chubb, the Phillips injury. I just don't trust Miami's defense. Their defense hasn't been very good. They're banged up, inc- incredibly banged up on that side of the ball. Do you trust Buffalo's? No, but I trust Josh Allen more than I trust anybody on Miami, and I think that's why I would hmm. pick that game. I think Buffalo, look, they've eked out some wins here lately. They have played down to competition, but they've also shown – when you get their full attention, a la the Dallas game, that they can bring it and they can blow somebody out. Um, I just there, there's there's a factor there of just if I'm if I think the two teams are relatively even, I'm taking the better quarterback, and I think Josh Allen's the better quarterback. I don't, the spread that concerns me a little bit because I think the line's somewhere around three. So you need a you need a touchdown winner. Yeah, four but just point the win. game in general. Though. But I'm leading Buffalo in that game, and I'm rooting for Buffalo in that game. I really am, I, I look Mike McDaniel's awesome. Tua, I I root for Tua. He, to see him be healthy this year is great. I want Josh Allen in the playoffs, man. I want Buffalo to go on a run this year. Like we've talked about it with Baltimore, and I'll bring it up with other teams. Like having Cincinnati out of the way is massive. Cincinnati's been to back-to-back AFC title games. They went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, we don't know what Kansas City's going to be in the playoffs this year. Their offense has looked inept at times this year. Like there is a pathway. Whereas maybe at the start of the year, if you're a Bills fan, you're optimistic, but also saying. God, to get to the Super Bowl, we might have to go be Burrow, then Mahomes. Good luck with that. They're, they could both be out of your way this year. 
it's pretty wild to think about how 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 unpredictable the AFC playoff picture is going to be yep. now that you mentioned Burrow being out. Yep. By the way, Buffalo's they they they're riding a little bit of a heater. They've won five of the last six. They really should have won six straight. Yes, they should. They have. should not have lost that Eagle game. No. But that's what leaves me a little hesitant. That's Buffalo. Yeah, they also had the Denver game where they had too many men on the field yes. for the field goal and should have won that game. Yes, and then nope, did not win that game. There's a there's a <laughs> thing about them in the last two weeks too. It's a, maybe it's a look ahead, maybe it's a no respect thing. Really, I mean, it came down to the final seconds. They kicked the field goal to win the game against the Chargers at the buzzer, and then they struggled with that Patriot game. Now they ended up going up double digits. Patriots, I think, scored a garbage touchdown to close that gap a little bit, but it took them a while to get going in that game. They just Buffalo can be billsy. They have this thing about them that right when you think they figured it out, Josh Allen fumbles the football or throws a pick or the defense just doesn't show up and gets gashed. Like I don't know what team's going to show up. I think I'm leaning Miami a little bit. Yeah, I think the thing with that is and maybe I could be totally wrong on this, so save this for Monday. There's just an aspect of like this is your season and I expect to get the best version of Buffalo. Like this well, isn't a letdown spot after you blow out Dallas. Now you're taking on Easton Stick and the Chargers. Like if you tell me, look, I gambled on Buffalo for that game, so I lost money on that game. But if you would have told me going in like, "Hey, Buffalo's going to be flat neat this game out." It's like, "All right, I can kind of like this is your year." This is it. But this is Miami's year, too. Though. I know like, it is, and I think Buffalo's same... a better team. I think Buffalo's, that's why I'm taking Buffalo. Well, the other part about Miami is, I mean, I, I don't know if you can play worse than what Miami played last week. <laughs> no, no, you can't. You know, even with the loss of Bradley Chubb, there's <laughs> an element killed. in the NFL that when you see a team play so piss poorly. They got to bounce back, right? Yeah, there's a bounce back response that you're just kind of waiting for. Yep. And it's at Miami. They're a home dog. Like, they weren't very good offensively last week. There's an element of Miami that I think... Uh, and and by the way, everything you say about Buffalo is true. I'm also putting that on Miami. Miami could still make the playoffs as a wild card team, and maybe they'll make some noise and go on the road. I'd love to see a Tyreek Hill back in Kansas City for the wild card weekend. That would be fun. But you also don't want to choke away the division and cost yourself a home playoff game either. No, you do not. That's a bad way to end your year. The other numbers on this game that should be brought up, I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but I want to say two has only beaten Buffalo, I think, one time. It was the game he got concussed and then last came year. back and won. Yeah. It was like 137 degrees and everybody was dying of exhaustion. And his numbers against Buffalo in his career, not good. He yeah. does not fare well against that team. Remember, they went to Buffalo early this, earlier this season and just got smacked. Absolutely drilled. Yeah. So that's the other part of it that Miami's got to buck a little bit of bad history here. Uh, Brian Baldinger hopefully will join. Like, it's very, I, I'm going to say, yeah, Swag is saying no, like with a maybe hand movement. He's leaning no. I know Swagger. That's a no. That's a no. So uh, we will not have our Odyssey NFL insider for an Odyssey station in Portland, Oregon yet again. Nah, who needs him? Um, me and you, buddy. You be my Brian Baldinger. It's harder to get people in our own company to come on our company station. It's harder than you'd imagine. Uh, so no Brian Baldinger potentially at 8 a.m. We got Sprague in line at 8.30. Let's let's do a sneak ahead look at the let's national championship game. Washington, Michigan. That game is Monday. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, I got some stat nuggets for the national championship game Monday I want to get to here in a few moments. But uh, Bruce Feldman came out with a piece on The Athletic talking to anonymous offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and head coaches who played Washington and Michigan this year. God, what I would pay to find out who, who was who. Whose quote was who. I did enjoy reading through this because sometimes you wonder, like, am I am I where I need to be on this game? Like, is my thought process of how I think it's going to play out and how the two teams need to attack each other. Where are you at on that? Well, I, I think it's where we've all been all week. Like, if Michigan's going to win, how do we think they're going to win? Yeah. Running the ball and being boring and keeping Michael Penix off the field. Then you read through this and what does every hood coach say? Well, if Washington or if Michigan wants to win the game, they got to be dominant up front. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of the things that we've been kind of talking about, but it's just funny that it's coming from head coaches and offensive coordinators. The, the, it's not a vast majority, but a slight majority leaned Washington winning the game as an underdog. Mm-hmm. And a handful of them were surprised by the fact that Washington was, what is it, a four point spread? Where's the four line? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. A lot of them were surprised by that um one coach said this is probably the first time i've ever been fired up for a national championship game i'm so fascinated with this game because they're like two polar opposites going against each other they are they they, they certainly are and you know where i'm at today it may not be where i'm gonna be at come monday Ooh, we're flip-flopping are we gonna go flip-flop i don't know if i'll flip-flop i i've told you what where i'm rooting for my cousins and alum i so i i'd like to see them finish it i love Penix and odunze uh, I love that they had to have the play-by-play of Washington on yesterday in Seattle to say Roma Dunze's name <laughs> for people who don't know who he is or who is know anything. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think this is interesting. This quote from an assistant. Quote, they'll throw the ball when they shouldn't throw the ball. I think their game management is suspect, but they find ways to win. Yeah. End quote. Yeah, there, on that note, too, there was one who said, it's hard to pick against Michigan, but I think Washington is more battle-tested. They just find a way to do it one more time. Ten straight wins under ten points, right? That is, There was a number out there that I think that's the longest streak in... I, it, it was a long, long... I can't remember the specific year, but it was basically like going back as long as even Swigard's been alive. Like That's never happened before where teams yeah. won... In the modern era. In the modern era. Um, and, and they're all blown away. One sentiment that is uh, resonating through every coach, head coach that played, whether they were against Washington or against Michigan this year, was about Penix because of the throws that he can make, the accuracy that he has. Um, it's so rare, uh, one coach said, because uh, you have to know when and how to throw it with touch like that, and it's remarkable. He's as, as accurate as you have ever seen have you seen there's a video that tripped me out where they flip Penix and make him a right-handed quarterback <laughs> no, I haven't seen that you should look this up if you haven't seen it it's it's the Texas game and every play it's nothing's been altered other Just than the reverse of yeah it. they've yeah. reversed him and made him throw right and I kind of I think I agree with what swag said man when he throws it right-handed it does kind of look Philip Riversy yeah and he does it with his left where I'm at on this game is it's hard to bet against the Huskies. They've been battle-tested. They're tough. They're never mentally out of it. Even when they make mistakes, they get over it pretty quickly. But I watched Texas shred them, and then I watched Sarkeesian not run the football 
And, and fumbles bit him in the butt, too. They did, but you threw it 43 times to okay. 28 runs. Uh, that's going to be the opposite in this game for Michigan. And I know Washington knows what Michigan's bread and butter is. So did Alabama. How'd that work out for them? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that they're going to lose per se, but I kind of just, it's hard to bet against a team that controls lines of scrimmage. Like one assistant in this article says, Michigan's defense is basically Texas with better DBs. <laughs> yeah. And that's a fair thing to say. I think Michigan's is better, though. I don't think it's the same defense. I think Michigan is more talented in almost all the areas. Maybe not at DT because Sweat's awesome, but I think they're just more overall more talented on that side, and they dominated the line of scrimmage against Alabama. They did. So I, I'm just kind of interested to see how they what tweaks they make on Washington's side to deal with that pass rush, to give Penix that time, and how do you slow down? Because you're not going to stop Blake Corum. How do you slow it down? Yeah, it's interesting because this is a game where many games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage. But I think you look on both sides of the ball, and that's that's the only matchup that I care about or even want to pay attention to. If you give Michael Penix time, Washington will win this he game. He will slice them up. I don't care how good your defense is. Yeah. I don't care how good much you want to rave about your DBs. Like, I don't doubt that Michigan's defense is legit. We just saw them dominate for a large chunk of that game, Alabama, and make their offense look incompetent. I also think some of the numbers are inflated because Michigan didn't play anybody until November. Like Until they played Penn State, who was incompetent offensively this year, by the way, was the best offense they played before that. Illinois? Like, what are we, we, we going to throw into that category? They didn't play anybody all season. Penn State sucked offensively. Yeah. They shut them down. Ohio State was okay. They had Harrison. But they were quarter. They had Kyle McCord. Yeah. And then Alabama, who you, they played Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, that doesn't need any other reference. And then you play Alabama. Like, watching them dominate Alabama up front was incredibly impressive. But Milrose a runner, man. Like he's <laughs> Michael Penix is so much better than any quarterback that they played. It's not even funny, and you can't even make a comparison. And so that's the only battle that I really care about. Like if Washington can slow down Michigan's running game, you're not going to shut it down. You're not going to stop it, but just bottle it up as much as you can. And they can win at least for a certain amount of time up front. Washington's going to win this game. Penix is too good. But if Michigan can come out and they can dominate the line of scrimmage and get after Penix like they did Milrow, then obviously Michigan's going to have a great chance to win. A couple of crazy stats that came out in this article. In the Texas game, Roma Dunze, McMillan, and Jalen Polk were targeted 20 times in that game. Michael Penix threw it to one of those three guys 20 times. He completed 19 of 20 passes in those attempts for 353 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. And some of those were times where guys weren't even wide open. On the other side of this... Well, I think that's the important thing is he is throwing a good ball. All of those guys seemingly always come down with it. Always. No matter what the coverage yeah. is, if it's tight, doesn't matter. They're going to get it. They're, they're amazing yeah. pass catchers. They're, it's one of the best receiving trios I've ever seen in my life in college football. Yeah, it really is. On the other side of it is Michigan has only had 19 plays this year on offense that have gone for longer than 30 yards. And what, so it would be 14 games. They've had 19 plays of 30 yards or longer. That's all they got. That is 112th, I believe, in the country. Like, that's near the bottom of the barrels. This is not an explosive offense. But they want to bleed the clock. And, and they, that's their game plan. You know, what's four times three dirt? It's 12. There's a first down on three plays. We've killed more clock. One, one, one coach says, if I'm Michigan, I'm, use, I'm utilizing a lot of disguises in my coverages pre-snap. I want to see Michael see cover two, but really I'm cover three. I want him to see man, but at snap we're into cover three, four. You press the corners, you disguise, you send pressure. He said that's what Arizona State did. They were in his head a little bit. He didn't have time to go through his reads, and it wasn't as clean as he wanted it to be. 
I, you know, to that coach, I'd say, okay, maybe Michigan can do that. You don't think Dan Lanning and Oregon were trying to do that? <laughs> right, to try I and did, confuse him and throw him off. We also forget that he was sick in that game, and we didn't know that at the time. And look, I don't mean to make an excuse, but he played so poorly in that game that, like, I, I kind of have to. I just, I, I think it's a lot, a lot of this stuff for either side is so much easier to talk about doing than actually executing. There is something to Washington's ability, if you want to disguise anything, they get past it. Yeah. But also on the same side, Michigan seems to me, they seem to have an advantage in the trenches. And football tells us what about the trenches. So maybe Washington will do it. They'll be the outlier that overcomes kind of the the deficit they're facing in those areas. But Michigan, I mean, I, I just, I'm still blown away by what they did to Alabama. I, I Winning, okay. Dominating them and pushing them around and making that O-line look like it was a bunch of two stars. I mean, Georgia couldn't do that to them. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's where it is complicated. I, I am leaning uh, Washington, though. Maybe it's reverse psychology. I've been picking against them so long. You're maybe. hoping to jinx them. I'm hoping to finally my picking Washington. I just, like, I can't do it anymore, man. I can't, he's just, Penix is too good. I can't. And I think one of the matchups in this game that would terrify me if I'm a Michigan fan is how big the gap is between quarterback comparisons. Like, there's not a there's not a person on this planet that would rather have J.J. McCarthy or their quarterback on Monday over Michael Penix. Not but, a person on the planet. But th- for that, Michigan has that same thing in the running game. Yeah. Yeah. And you would Dylan not pick Johnson Washington. Yeah, and Johnson's going to come back, but he's going to be on tour at all. So, like, yeah, I don't know what he's going to he do. He won't feel his foot for any length of that game. But, <laughs> like, you're not trading Washington's running. You're trading Washington's sure. run game all day for what Michigan wants to do. That is very true. I got a couple of more stat nuggets. I saw some uh, from Bill Connolly yesterday. He's starting to go through some of his previews. Some interesting stats on this that I want to continue. We'll continue talking about the national championship game. That is next on 1080 The Fam. All right, let's read a couple thoughts here. Continue on with some stat nuggets. We'll obviously have more on the game on Monday. Well, it's, you know, real quick before you read some of those thoughts. I, yeah, what do you got, boss? Because I don't know what people are texting in right now, but it's such a weird, interesting, good opposite matchup that it's, it's right now it's hard for me definitively to feel confident in either side. Yeah, it's the, I think that's why it's so exciting. It's also exciting to me, to a certain extent, just to not have an SEC team in, a, in the title. It's the first time it's happened since the first year of the playoff. It was Oregon-Ohio State. Every year since then, there has been an SEC champion or champion a team in the championship. Yeah. In many years, it's been an all-SEC championship game. Yeah. Or an all-South. Well, now it's an all-Big Ten game. Now, yeah, now we're just big. The big's taking over, man. <laughs> Come on. Premier Conference of College Football. B1G. Uh, Joel wants to know how much money I've lost on Washington this season uh, because I bet against them a bunch. I don't gamble on college football. It's not legal. I don't. You don't I, do the bookie I thing. I don't do the bookie thing. You don't thing, do the overseas so. thing? I have pick, we, do, we pick games for fun on the show. Um, I would have won a lot of money on them all year. I would have lost some in the Oregon Pac-12 title game, but I would have won a lot of money on them. I would have lost a lot of money on them this year. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we can't gamble on college football because sometimes we gamble with our heart and not our mind, and it bites you in the ass. Well, you're never going to bet on them. No, they did. Um, and I am on Monday, though. Go Huskies. Plus four and a half, baby. We know what you're doing. Uh, I did. They did cost me money though, because when I was in Arizona last March, I put a ticket on Oregon to win the national title, and I bought a ticket for Bo to win the Heisman. <laughs> and if Washington was not in the way this year, maybe that could have been. But could have, should have. Did you find I? I know we do this often, uh, media, but you know, Penix was awesome in that Texas game. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it predictable that like four of the national pundits were going to do their thing where they go, you know, I always thought he was the Heisman. 
<laughs> we redo <laughs> After the, he- the fact. Yeah. yeah, we redo the Heisman because he was amazing in the playoff game, and and you can make an argument that he should have been the Heisman. That's fine. But if he was in the SEC, he would have won the Heisman by a landslide. But we love to do that. We love to do well. You know, he should have actually won that well, award. If I had a vote, I should have. It's like yeah, you maybe some of those people even saying it had votes and they didn't vote for him because they didn't watch Washington play football this year. There's a whole another side tangent on that. I am. There, I, I hate what has happened to the Pac-12. They were showing during the Oregon-Washington basketball game last night. The they were, we're already doing like tournament stuff, like who's in, who's in, who's out kind of thing. Yeah. You know how many Pac-12 teams they have at this point making the NCAA tournament? Is it four? Three. Yeah. My many. team who was, my t- I was looking at Oregon. I haven't watched every Oregon. They're 10 and three. They weren't even in the West. And three. 11 and three now. I was like, what? And then I reminded myself, how many teams does the Big Ten get in every year? Eight like nine. nine, and they go 0 for 9. What are we every doing? Year. Yeah. Every Why? year. Why? Is that the case? Every year. I'm so... Look, I hate what happened to the Pac-12. Because those people watch those <laughs> games. Not having to live in that reality anymore is uh, going to be a breath of fresh air. Like, Penix should have won the Heisman. We should get more teams in the tournament. Like, it's just stupid that the entire West Coast of the country gets slept on every single year in every sport. Oregon State fan rants about this all the time in baseball. With how good you guys have been and then getting bad matchups or bad seeds. Like, uh, hello, how many teams over the last, you know, 20 years have won three national titles in baseball? Uh, nobody. Nobody else. I think we're the only ones. Uh, Anthony commented on the YouTube chat saying, every week these teams say that they can win in the trenches, and sometimes they have a slight edge, but it's never enough. Keep underestimating the offensive line. There was a funny note. Oh, I'm not I'm not meaning to disrespect the no, Huskies I think he's, offensive line. I think it was more so of the coaches of the dominance that Michigan has been up front. It's just that thought of like, well, Michigan's going to dominate the trenches. We did that with Oregon. I know. Oregon was the better team in the trenches all year. That's why everybody loved them in the Pac-12 title game, and how did that work well, out? Well, again, Texas Texas's yards per carry was pretty good, and this says you know Washington ranked 86th in the FBS in yards per carry allowed, and that certainly could be their undoing in this game. But like I've been noting this for a couple weeks now, I go back to the Oregon State game. I just feel like that defense is not what their numbers say they are anymore. I feel like they're a little better. Mm-hmm. You saw that pass rush against Texas. Their DBs both are getting premier NFL draft grade kind of looks. So they got healthy late in the year. They were without they some safeties and some key guys, and they got healthy just in time. Muhammad's so fun to watch too. I didn't know his cousin played for Texas. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, there was a Muhammad on Texas, and oh. they mentioned he was, they were cousins. I was like, that's kind of a fun story. How about that? Good uh, good genes in that family. Um, want to read a couple thoughts here on the Vancouver Ford text line. Somebody's saying, is Michigan's defensive line comparable with Oregon's because Washington dominated that game at the line of scrimmage? A lot of people comp it to Texas who had two stud DTs. They're basically saying that's, that's Michigan as well. But Michigan's D coordinator, there's a lot of scuttlebutt. He could be on his way to the National Football League as a D coordinator. A lot of people really like, I'm blanking on his name, but like a lot of people like what he's doing. He calls up really interesting timed blitz, delayed blitzes. I think you saw that against Alabama. So mm-hmm. he's good at disguising his coverages and his blitzes. And if, if he's able to succeed in that, well, I mean, that's going to be the ball game for Washington. Uh, somebody said, where did this go? Uh, I'm wondering if the Wolverines actually have good defensive backs or they just haven't played a good quarterback all year. I, I, I think both could be true, right? I do think Michigan's defense is good. I think their defense, their DBs are better than Tech. We all knew that was the weakness for Texas. They had to dominate up front to win because if you couldn't get to Penix, he's going to torch that defense. Texas' numbers against the pass all year have been terrible. I, I think Michigan's better there, but I do think there is something to, are they as good as the numbers say they are? That's a tough part with college football when you just, everybody plays a different schedule. The, the Who's the best quarterback Michigan has played all year? Milrow probably in the playoff? 
Milrow or McCord, depending McCord. on how you feel about it. I mean, any given day, one and of nobody those... would look at either of those and say that's an elite passer. Of it's the not football. Penix, that's for sure. It's definitely not Michael Penix. How much of him running too? They did that against a little bit uh, against Texas. I'm wondering if they bring that back. Some little delayed quarterback draws. You want to send the house? Okay, I'm going to yeah. wait a second and then go right up the middle past all you guys. Some of that zone read stuff where he's keeping it. The other thing it could do is maybe take one of those linebackers on Michigan's defense to remember that in film study. He follows him after the handoff. You take one more guy out Boom. of the play. So it just it allows them to be a little more balanced yeah. going into the game. I want, here's a couple of stat nuggets I saw on this. So these came from uh, Bill Connolly. And there's a positive and a negative one for each side, depending on who you're rooting for. Sure. Uh, this one blew me away. Michael Penix has thrown 21 passes to Roma Dunze when Washington's in-game win probability was below 50%. So in the game where they say Washington has less than a 50% chance to win, so probably, I don't know, at times in the Oregon game late when Oregon didn't get that first down. Arizona State. Arizona State. Like, they've had some games where they trailed, right? Utah maybe at the half. He's, He's thrown 21 passes when the win probability is below 50%. Of those 21 passes this season... Michael Penix is 19 of 21 for 333 yards. So basically, every time they're in a position, remember, think of the Oregon State game, right? Third down, need a late conversion. What do they do? Back shoulder throw to Roma Dunze. Whenever they're in a spot where they need it, that's their go-to play. Everybody knows it's their go-to play. Why would it not be? And you can't stop it. No. He's 19 of 21 for 333 yards. On the other side of it, um, the Huskies rank 44th in defensive S&P+. Plus. The last national champion to rank outside the top 30 on defense and win was uh, Oklahoma in 1950. The worst title defense since then was Auburn in 2010, according to S&P Plus. Again, yeah. these advanced metrics. Auburn in 2010, they were 27th. So again, Washington right now, 44th in S&P Plus defensive rankings, and that's the lowest. Uh, the only team outside the top 30 who has won a national championship is Oklahoma in 1950. I, uh, I, I kept thinking, because last year, ultimately, we didn't get a good title game with TCU and Georgia, but what we did is we got a team that nobody had expected to be there pulled a big upset in their first playoff game and got there and if you look at just recruiting models you look at stats like that the sp plus and where their defense rank there's a lot of what washington's doing unprecedented Mm -hmm. and you can certainly say well yeah outlier that's back-to-back years now with outliers so maybe some of these things aren't as vital or as important you just got to hit on the right combination of things here and i think that's an encouraging part for college football is TCU making the title game, albeit getting blown out, and Washington overcoming some of the things that people point to and say, no, that's not the title profile. Well, it might be. They might win the national championship, Mm -hmm. being what they are as a recruiter, profiling defensively, statistically, and I think that's great for the sport. I know you and a lot of other people do not agree with this at all, and I understand it. I'm also just pulling for the West Coast to finally give the middle finger, even if it's the last year of it, <laughs> to the rest of the world. Like, yeah, we we have football teams out here that actually know how to play football. Yeah. It's a great story. It, it, the unfortunate thing is you and many like you are never going to care or want to root for them because of, oh, of their course. logo it's, and it's their rivalry, jersey. Yeah. But, like, DeBoer and his journey, Penix is a transfer, Roma Dunze being one of the greatest college receivers of all time, all of those things, I think, make for incredible storylines. And also, oh, by the way, sending Jim Harbaugh maybe to the NFL <laughs> as a loser. <laughs> because all those Oregon State fans were rooting for Oregon in 2010 and 2014, weren't they, for West Coast football? I, I, 
You want to find my quote in the Oregonian? I, I know you, you can. Did. I know I you was did. a student, and I got chastised for that. How so. dare you? I just, I don't know, man. I like watching the West Coast get some respect nationally. It's a sport that largely has not cared about the West Coast, and they've clearly told us we don't matter. They've destroyed the conference. I'd like to see it go out on top. I think that'd be great. A couple of funny notes I want to get to in the final hour that we'll add on to that um, because it's this is the death of the Pac-12. This is the final game we're going to get. Beaver fans, by the way, who are, I've seen a lot of that sentiment, they're rooting for Washington because they want that natty payout because you get a little more money out of the payout of all this stuff. See, I've seen the opposite. I've seen more Oregon State fans say, screw Washington oh. because of their... They're leaving? Their lawyer and the Oh, pack they were the ones that filed the lawsuit yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of funny notes on that, though, because the future of the conference could have been bright, and I'll explain that a little bit more to start the final hour. We'll get to spraying the line coming up at 830. Get your fake sponsors in, 503-864-6326. It is a loaded final hour on a football Friday. Back after this on 1080 The Fam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 